of the sky. Look. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Matt Spectro through the multiverse. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Matt Spectro through the multiverse. I am your host, as always, Matt Spectro, lifetime comic fan, lifetime superhero fan, lifetime animation fan, and you've tuned in to the podcast exclusively talking comic book animation. Thanks for joining us. Welcome to episode 65. And uh, I know we took that little experimental hiatus last week where I just gave my two cents, but we're back to the format. We're talking comic book-based animation. Let me briefly explain the rules, then we're going to bring out my guest. Rule number one, comic book animation. I've said it three times at this point. You should be listening. Rule number two, I'm a big fan of DC Comics Presents, Brave and the Bold, Marvel Team-Up, all the old Team-Up books. So this is a Team-Up podcast every week. Me and a special guest teaming up, talking comic book animation. Third and most important, we got to have fun. Without further ado, I'm bringing my guest. He's returning to the multiverse. He's my former podcasting tag team partner. Welcome back to the multiverse. The one, the only Julian Starr. Hey, thank you for having me on, my man. Long time no talk. I'm uh, glad to be a part of a podcast with you once again. Uh, but this time talking comics, not pro wrestling. Well, hold that thought, because we're going to be, uh, in a minute, mixing the two. No. <laughs> Are you going to do what I think you're going to do? <laughs> if anyone doesn't know, Julie and I used to team up together and do a wrestling podcast, Truth, Justice, and the New England Pro Wrestling Way. Uh, we both, uh, life took, took us in different directions, so it uh, didn't kill our friendship, but uh, killed our podcast. But always good to reunite podcast again. It's a shame, because guys... Let me tell you, it was probably one of the most famous pro wrestling podcasts out there. Beat everyone <laughs> in the entire world. Uh, thousands of viewers and listeners, but uh, it, it had to go. Not like because we were, people weren't listening, but because we had to go. Much like uh, like uh, we always told Michael Crockett, you know, it was a uh, popular demand kept us on the air. <laughs> that's, that's what it was. That's what it was. But life pulled us in different directions and uh, had to come to an end. All good things must come to an end, but... Uh, as the undertaker said when he retired, never say never. So, uh, before we get into our topic, uh, anybody who followed our old podcast or followed Julian's previous guest appearances, we always start off with a little bit of trivia. Not a fan, not a fan. <laughs> uh, for anyone who doesn't know me, uh, I don't read and, <laughs> uh, I have the memory I can't save a goldfish because we already proved that was so wrong. Anyway, I have a very um, forgetful memory. I, I don't remember anything at all from my past, uh, from history, from anything I read 10 minutes ago. So trivia is probably one of the most difficult things in my life. So this is not fun for me, but it is fun to watch Matt watch me struggle. And uh, because we used to do a wrestling podcast, every time the trivia questions are a combination of professional wrestling and comic books. You did pretty good on the one we did about uh, what movies, uh, what comic book superhero movies professional wrestlers were in. You did pretty good on that one. That is true. And I don't know what it was. Maybe it was something you said that triggered uh, triggered something in my brain to come up with a memory. But that's, that's what memories are. They're based on experiences and they're based on, um, what's that thing? Association. Someone told me memories are based on association. So if your brain does not create an association with anything, that doesn't actually become a memory to you. So something you said created association. So I thank you for that. You might've helped me. Uh, last time we did a uh, trivia about pro wrestlers that had actually worked in comics. You didn't do too well on that one, even though you inexplicably got the CM Punk one, right? <laughs> I don't even remember which one that was. I can't remember what the comic that he wrote. And I said, oh, what, that's right. What pro wrestler wrote this comic? And you guessed CM Punk inexplicably getting it right. <laughs> I honestly, I was going to go with, um, I think I was going to go with AJ Lee too, because I know that she was writing comic books too. So I almost went with her, but I decided on CM Punk because I know he's a huge fan as well. So this week we're going to have three questions. Hopefully we're going to do best two out of three. Hopefully you can get at least two right. And these are imaginary wrestlers and their connection to a 
the to their connection to a Marvel superhero, you're gonna have to guess which Marvel superhero I'm talking about. Oh Jesus. Okay. Okay. The first one I think is when you think about it, it's pretty obvious and easy. So I'm gonna start you with an easy one. All right. This Marvel superhero's father was a professional wrestler under the name The Red Devil. Oh, oh uh okay. All right. The Red Devil. This one should be obvious. Well, okay, so you say that, but this is what I'm thinking, and I'm hoping I'm right, but I don't know. But I'm going to go with Daredevil. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Daredevil, Matt Murdock's father, was technically a boxer named Battling Jack Murdock, but there was a uh, brief period where and I don't think it was referenced very often where he wasn't making ends meet and he was embarrassed. So he became a professional wrestler, the Red Devil, where he wore a mask. So no one would know that he was Jack Murdoch. <laughs> he was embarrassed about being a great fighter. What did he do? He went to the thing where you don't fight and you just do play fighting. Well, no, he was he was it was he was embarrassed that he had to to make ends meet, had to resort to professional, uh, okay. to professional wrestling. So he wore a hood and he was the red devil. Okay. So, okay. So he's the red devil because he wasn't making money. He needed to go back. I get it. All right. I put two and two together. All right. So he's good. He's, he's got the first one out of the gate. They're going to get a little harder from there. Uh, please don't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Question two in the main event of the premier wrestling show of the unlimited class wrestling federation demolition dumpy wrestled what marvel superhero demolition dumpy <laughs> what a great name uh oh man later on he became the superhero d man but he he was still demolition dumpy jesus this was the main event of unlimited class wrestling federation he wrestled another Marvel superhero. He wrestled a Marvel superhero. I'm going to go with. See, I want to go with this guy because I know that they have a wrestler and I don't know if Bonesaw was the original, <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know if I'm, I'm not going to go with him. All right. I'm going to choose. I'm going to choose Marvel. Marvel. Captain America. Oh, in the main event of Unlimited Class Wrestling Federation's premier event, it was Demolition Dumphy versus the Fantastic Four's The Thing. Oh, really? I I would have never in a million years got that. I don't even like the Fantastic Four. But in a side note, to enter the Unlimited Class Wrestling Federation, you had to be able to lift the measly amount of one ton. Oh, that it? Yep, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> if you could lift one ton, you could compete in the unlimited <laughs> class wrestling marriage. And I thought we had it hard in pro wrestling. Now, this last one, I don't expect you to get, but it is so ridiculous, I had to ask it. And But Ju Julian's got one right, one wrong, so you will win if you get this. All right. The wrestler, Mr. X, he was suspected of murder. So, he wrestled this Marvel superhero in a match where if he won, he was cleared of all charges. But if he lost, he had to unmask and turn himself in. Who, what Marvel superhero did he wrestle? All right, all right. Which is the greatest wrestling stipulation in history. If you win, you're clear of murder. All right, so if I'm not mistaken, Mr. X is a fantastic four villain and we've already used uh i'm sorry what was his name we already said the thing yeah the thing uh who's it's the who's the guy i, I don't want to i know it's like is it something stretch i don't want to say it's mr stretch but i don't remember his name well mr is his, his superhero name is mr something but it's not mr stretch Hold on. Uh, I need to know. Hold on. Uh, it is. It's not. Is it Reed Richards? Uh, wait, is that that is the guy's secret identity? Uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna assume Reed Richards is the guess you're going with. Uh, yes. Uh, 
Mr. Fantastic is Reed Richards. Okay. <laughs> okay. Mr. X, in a match where if he won, he was cleared of murder, he wrestled Captain America. No! Oh, that makes me so mad that I switched that around. But if Captain America won, he had to unmask and turn himself in. God damn it. What? I want to see that in the world wrestling, the world wrestling entertainment. That would be amazing. If Roman Reigns wins, he's cleared of murder. <laughs> <laughs> There's just a court, uh, a judge uh, with up in a big stand at the top of the stage. All right. Well, this is uh, Julian did not. He got one out of three. Uh, he did not fare so well in the uh, mix of comic book wrestling trivia. This is pretty standard. <laughs> this is the normal path. All right, so this week, we're going back to Julian's childhood, and we're going to talk the Men in Black cartoon. A cartoon I didn't watch too often. I remember it being on, but didn't really watch it. I only watched the movie, but I did get a chance to obviously view this uh, at one point or another because I was you know, I was around. So I did watch it because my, my older brother uh, watched some of these, so I know bits and pieces of it. So uh, we're going to get a little history. Uh, I don't... Did you even know uh, Men in Black was actually based on a comic book? Oh, no, I did not. I actually just thought it was just a, a Hollywood idea. <laughs> now, the comic book came out back in uh, 1990. It was originally published by Air Cell Comics, which went on to become Malibu Comics, which eventually was also bought by Marvel Comics. <laughs> It was uh, created by uh, Loyal, I'm sorry, Lowell Cunningham, and uh, the artist was uh, Sandy uh, Carruthers. And uh, yeah, Malibu started publishing it in 1991. Yeah, and they only had six issues uh, of the original series. And back, you were kind of young in the 90s, but back in the 90s before the comic boom really started, it was very hard to get a Marvel or DC comic made, but there was a lot of independent comics getting turned into movies. The Mask, The Crow, Tank Girl, Men in Black, Spawn. So somebody saw something in this property that thought it would lend itself to Hollywood. And uh, to their credit, they were correct. It, it, uh, it, it was very successful. The, the Men in Black movie, there were spawned three sequels. A cartoon, toys, video games, a ride at Universal Studios. Yeah, which is crazy to me because, uh, I, like, I didn't read comics, and I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that don't know this because I, you literally telling me this is news to me as we speak. I didn't know that there was a comic book based, like there was a Men in Black comic book. I just assumed that, and I mean, you'll be able to correct this timeline, but I assumed it was the movie, then cartoons, and then possibly comic books had come out later for it and i don't know how but like you can probably tell me because i was fairly young and they just like they weren't in my eye all the time but i don't know how po like popular comic books were in the 90s uh, the, the 90s especially the the first half comics had a boom they were a f phenom like they were selling like like nobody's business like um image comics came around um x-men number one the relaunch which is still the highest selling comic of all time uh, was released in the early 90s. Uh, collectors had just come in. It, it was a boom in the early 90s. But really? Marvel had been going through a bankruptcy, so it was very difficult for them to get projects out. In fact, the bankruptcy is what led to them being able to sell their properties to movie studios. But it was very, very difficult. And other than the Batman series, uh, it was just... I don't think Hollywood yet saw Marvel... Well, not just Marvel Comics, superheroes as a, a viable source of income. Yeah, because, uh, I mean, I heard Spawn didn't do that well, but maybe I'm wrong on that. No, the, the comic was very successful. The movie was didn't do so good. That's what I mean. Like, I know the comic was okay, but I, I heard the movie didn't do well. So I would assume just that alone would make you go, I don't know if we should do this. So there were a lot of comics and miniseries after the movies came out um, that they kept going. But yeah, it was the originally only six issues, which then in 1997, the... Uh, uh, the movie came out, or maybe it was 1996, I apologize. 97. 97, okay. And it was a massive success. Uh, I mean, back then, Will Smith was like the biggest name in Hollywood. Almost everything he made was automatically successful. But this I found interesting. As of 2019, Sony claims 
that Men in Black is yet to make a profit. What? Yeah, there was an article where uh, one of the guys who worked on the movie and the he was bitching that uh, as of 2019, even though the movie was made on a 90 million dollar budget, grossed 589 million dollars worldwide. Sony, as of 2019, claimed Men in Black has not made a profit. That does not sound real. Yet they've spawned three sequels, a ride at Universal Studios, a cartoon, uh, <laughs> more comics. It's I'm sure merch. Yeah, tons of merch. Yeah, I, I I, do not believe that's a real thing. That sounds like a bitter human being. Uh, it sounds to me like a, like they're trying to pull a, an accountant trick or something, you know, like. A, <laughs> no, we like, didn't make that much money. Don't worry about it. You don't have to look, look at, at it. What movie have you ever heard that wasn't profitable that got a sequel? Uh, none, but, um, like I just said, yeah, it made $589 million worldwide. Everybody was talking about it at the time. So they spawned and in the late eighties to early nineties, there was a real thing with movie properties getting turned into cartoons, RoboCop, Rambo, police, police Academy. <laughs> <laughs> there are others like, uh, it, Chuck Norris had a cartoon at one point, like, Jackie Chan had a cartoon. Yeah, so it stood to reason if this was as successful as it was, uh, it could be. Now, there's some uh, changes that were made. This is, and this was a year before Blade came out, which Blade was the one that really kicked off the superheroes genre being so popular. Now, Agent J, who was played by Will Smith in the comic book, is a white blonde guy. What? Really? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, that throws me for a loop. I actually, when the... Uh, I, I was... I don't know. I've when I've heard his voice, I I, I just assumed I was a black guy. Yeah, well, I mean, the comic book, he's uh, in the cartoon. It's based on Will Smith, but in the original comic, Agent J was oh. a, a white man. Yeah, in the cartoon, it's based on Tommy Lee Jones and Will Smith, but in the original comic, before the films, J was actually Wait, white. No way. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy. And all I can say to that is thank God it came out when he did, because if it came out now, half the people would saying Agent J's uh, whiteness doesn't matter. And the other half would be losing their minds that <laughs> how, dare, how dare they race swap Agent J's. <laughs> that <laughs> is true. Thankfully, it came out when it did. <laughs> yeah, that is 100 percent true. I had no idea. So it was a blonde white guy. And then they decided we're going to cast. Uh, well, so you know what? It is good time that they did it because you would have had a bunch of people say that they recasted it for social reasons and it would have been everything other than just good casting. I mean, I, I think it was a simple product of no one's heard of the comic. Will Smith is the hottest thing going. Yeah. He'll make a great foil to Tommy Lee Jones. who's always the straight man. Yeah. You know, and you can't lie. Look at the success of that movie. Yeah, that is honestly, I can't <laughs> imagine it going the other way. Despite what Sony tells you, uh, <laughs> massively successful. Never made a profit. Don't look at the books. You'll just believe us. So and, uh, they decided to air it on uh, the WB Kids Network uh, on Saturday mornings. Uh, ran from 1997 to 2001. Ooh. Produced by Adelaide Entertainment, Amblin Entertainment, and Columbia Star, uh, TriStar Television. Uh, developed by Dwayne uh, Capiza, Jeff Klein, and Richard Rainus. Now, here's an interesting fact. Uh, it actually won an Emmy for Outstanding Sound Editing. What? <laughs> what a weird award. <laughs> and it ran for four seasons, so it was uh, fairly successful. Yeah. I mean, around the time, if that came out around the time, because it came out after the movie. Yeah, after the movie, it had its success. I could see why it would be successful. MIB was like, I still love it to this day, which, by the way, found out my wife has never watched any of them. Uh, yeah. Your wife's never seen Men in Black? <laughs> no, never, not one. Uh, and uh, she's gonna, it'll be, it would be a struggle to try and get her to watch them. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it makes sense because um, that movie is like a big part of my childhood too. I remember it coming out and loving it and wanting to see it several times. So I could see how the cartoon, if, if that did that to me, I could see how the cartoon would stick for other people. But I was one of those weird kids that, like, if I saw live action, and then I saw a cartoon, my brain would be like, nope, can't can't do it that way. If I saw it in reverse, if it was cartoon first, then movie, I could do it. But it, the fact that I saw live action first, then went to cartoon, it, like my brain like just did, wouldn't accept it. I uh, recently rewatched it with my uh, stepson. I think the movie holds up well. It's still very entertaining. 
it's you know what it's on i think it's on netflix right now uh it's either yeah i think it's on netflix right now all three of them and yeah you're right i love the first one the most but yeah they all hold up i've never i don't think they've ever matched the success of the first one second one's kind of a a tired retrend of the first movie yes third one has has some interesting ideas but i don't think it was it was okay (laughs) that's all i can say i watched (laughs) it and i was like well they tried I didn't see the one with uh, Chris Hemsworth and Tessa Thompson, so I can't really give you my two cents on that. I won't watch that one. <laughs> it didn't get – not too many people are praising it. I'll just say that. <laughs> <laughs> For the same reason I won't watch the all-female Ghostbuster. It has nothing to do with females. I just – I you recasted an entire thing, and you did it way too soon. Uh, no thanks. So the cartoon is actually based way more on the film than the comic book. Uh, Vincent D'Onofrio and Tony Shalhoub are the only people from the movie who came on board and did any voice work for the cartoon. Uh, I'm terrible with names, so give me one sec because I am in front of a computer. Vincent Vincent D'Onofrio was the he's the 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 main villain where the bug takes you know Edgar suit. Yeah, yeah, that's Vincent D'Onofrio. He also played the Kingpin in Daredevil. He was in he's a private pile in Full Metal Jacket. He was on Law and Order Criminal Intent for a long time. Uh, he was in Jurassic World. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 okay. Uh, he was the, yeah, the bug. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and uh, Tony Shalhoub was the guy who ran the pawn shop where you blew his head off. And, yes, that's Monk. Yeah, yeah, Monk, exactly, Monk. <laughs> uh, the weird things that I can relate these people to, yes. I actually love Tony Shalhoub. So they are the only people that uh, came. I mean, they couldn't have realistically expected Will Smith was going to come and do voiceover for a cartoon. Which is it's funny because uh, my brain, being what it is, would have been like, yeah, that would totally make sense. He would totally do that. He would totally commit to this cartoon, <laughs> not, not this giant budget thing. And um, interesting enough, the whole series has never been released on DVD or Blu-ray. Like Some of the episodes have been released, but they've never released all four seasons on uh, Blu-ray or DVD. That seems like a waste of money. Like, why wouldn't you try to, there's gotta be someone out there that's going to want to watch this stuff. Yeah. I'm not, I'm it's got, I, I can only assume there's some legal issue or something where the music rights or something where they can't, Sony can't release it or something. Cause I think this would sell. Uh, yeah. I think people, especially, I mean, it's late nineties. So that, that people that were kids that are all like in their twenties now, if not older. So yeah. Uh, don't underestimate the power of nostalgia. And seriously, and that's like one of the one of the biggest sellers right now is nostalgia. And before we get into the particular cartoon we're going to review, I don't know if you know this. At one point, Sony was actually considering a Men in Black Twenty One Jump Street crossover. You're kidding me. <laughs> that nope. you're lying about that fact. I, I wish I was making that up, but that sounds like the worst piece of horse shit I've ever heard. <laughs> Back when, you know, the shared universes and whatnot was, was like everybody was trying to become the next MCU. Someone at Sony was like, hey, we got Men in Black and we own 21 Jump Street. They're both popular. If we put them together, <laughs> we'll put my, we'll be like peanut butter and chocolate. <laughs> no, it wouldn't have. It would have been like lamb and tuna fish. <laughs> <laughs> what a what a comparison. <laughs> it's, it's a big daddy reference. <laughs> All right, so we're going back to October 11th, 1997, The Long Goodbye Syndrome. Uh, this was directed by uh, Frank Duar, and it was written by Dwayne uh, Capiza. It's weird to me because it says in the credits, based on the Malibu comic. So they don't even give Marvel had bought in Men in Black by at that point in time. So I'm so, they don't actually credit Marvel. They they say based on Malibu comics. Yeah, that's, that's weird because... You're saying at that time they had uh, Marvel had ownership of that? Yeah, Marvel bought Malibu, so they they owned uh, at that point they owned it. But that comic book technically would still say Malibu on it, right? Yeah, the comics when they came out were were published by Malibu, so maybe that's why I don't know. So uh, Agent J is not voiced by Will Smith. A Keith Diamond did his voice, which I couldn't find a lot of credits for. He played Greg Clemens on the Drew Carey show. Oh, <laughs> you mean WWE Hall of Famer Drew Carey? Exactly. <laughs> I don't know if it's not Mimi or Drew. I'm not really uh, telling their names. Ed O'Ross 
is the voice of uh, Agent K, who is the uh, Tommy Lee Jones character. Mm-hmm. You've probably seen him before. He played a lot of bad guys in the 80s. Uh, he was a bad guy in uh, Another 48 Hours. He was a bad guy in uh, Lethal Weapon. Uh, my favorite role, he played the bad guy Victor Rostovli in Red Heat. Never heard of Red Heat ever. You've never seen Red Heat? I've never even heard of that movie until right now. Oh, my God. You've got to see that movie. It's, uh, it's Arnold Schwarzenegger? Arnold Schwarzenegger is a Russian cop who comes to America to, to track down this Soviet criminal. He has to team up with Chicago tough cop John, uh, James Belushi. <laughs> is it Jim Belushi? Yeah. Uh, no. Uh, is it Jim? It's his brother. What, what's the the one that's alive now? Is that I always get him confused. Jim, it says it is, Jim. No, it is Jim Belushi. Yes, you're right. John is the one who passed away. Okay. So wait, uh, who's the guy that voice acted, or the guy that you said it was in Red Heat that you like? He's the main bad guy in Red Heat. He's Victor uh, Rostofli, I think is how you say his name. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, Ed Ross. Ed Ross. Yes, he plays the, in the opening villain, the opening scene where Arnold's in the fight. Where is Victor? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't. You got to go see Red Heat. I mean, we should do an episode on Red Heat. I love that goddamn movie. <laughs> I've never even heard of it. I, oh, I will watch it. Such a good movie. I mean, I'm a huge fan of buddy cop movies from the 80s. So, uh, yeah. Yo, know, it's. But, well, we're going to move on. Otherwise, I'm going to talk about Red Heat. <laughs> Agent L, who is kind of weird that she's in this because in the movie, she replaces K. But if K never stopped being part of Men in Black, I don't know why she's a part of the Men in Black. Yeah, I don't know. And what's funny is I remember because she's like at the end, right, of the movie. Yeah. Where she comes out and my brain was just like, that's stupid. <laughs> Meanwhile, comic book people are probably like, oh, that's a great callback. <laughs> so uh, Jennifer uh, Lean voiced her. Uh, the only real credit I could find was uh, she played Kess on Star Trek Voyager. Okay. You must be a big Star Trek fan. Uh, no. Star <laughs> Trek was the show that if it came on after Raw, I'd be like, nope. And if it ever came on, it would immediately change the channel. It was like, that was like the show that I was like, this looks like only nerds, like the nerdiest of nerds will watch. <laughs> I will never see an episode of this. And finally, Zed, who's played by uh, Rip Torn in the film. He's voiced by the late Charles Napier, who's a character actor, been around for quite some time. Uh, he's been in such classic as Return to Frogtown. <laughs> Ernest Goes to Jail. <laughs> He uh, voiced Duke Phillips on The Critic. He did? Yeah. Wasn't he in Rambo? He, what? Yes, he was in Rambo. Yes, he is in Rambo, I believe. Two. Yeah, Rambo First Blood Part Two. Uh, he's also in Austin Powers. He plays the uh, the four-star general when they... Uh, <laughs> oh, the, when, they the, when, uh... when they thaw Austin uh, out of his uh, suspended animation. Yes. Yeah, he's the four-star general that... Uh, is there with with the Russian guy? He Charles Napier. Unfortunately, he's passed away. Yeah, sadly. All right, there you have it. So we're gonna take a break. Julian and myself are gonna watch Men in Black: The Long Goodbye Syndrome. We're gonna talk about it. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Protecting the Earth from alien scum is a dirty job. The alien projectile bombing twice in one day? But somebody's got to do it. Division 6, we'll take it from here. The men in black now have twice the alien scum to fight. We'll just kick it two times. Because Kids WB's giving you alien goo times two. Double, Double trouble. You two make quite a pair. Men in black. Now on two times during the week. And twice on the weekend. Men in black. Saturday mornings on WB20. Let's put it on. The last suit you'll ever wear. These men are highly trained. They're highly motivated. When things go bump in the night, these guys shoot it. That's what I'm talking about. Anything about that seem unusual to you? Now, look into this light. Would you stop that? Men in Black premieres this Wednesday at 5 on Cartoon Network. Oh, that 
greedy agents. Aliens have invaded. Careful, some are full of surprises, others not what they seem. But all can be found here. This classified. Two new MIB toys each week. One inside every kids club meal you buy. Twelve in all. Burger King Kids Club. Great food, cool stuff, kids Meanwhile, at the Podcast of Justice. And we are back. And we just watched Men in Black, The Long Goodbye Syndrome. And I don't know about you, but weren't you... I was disappointed when the theme song wasn't Here Comes the Men in Black. I, I was too, honestly. I was like, literally, uh, like you have like these flashbacks of when you're a kid. And I'm like, all right, here comes the Men in Black theme song. And then I just like, it's like the... Uh, if I was like, hey, can you make a spinoff of X Files, <laughs> like that's what it felt like. It sounded to me like someone was like, "Can you do a super generic X Files, but make it kind of rappy sound?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was. Wait, I know. I wanted to hear Galaxy Defenders. <laughs> it's such a great song. By the way, that was the first solo hit Will Smith ever had. What really? I thought getting jiggy with it, but apparently this came out before getting jiggy with it. No way. <laughs> and how did Fresh Prince, is Fresh Prince not out? Well, because Daddy was DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. Oh. So he was not considered a solo act. He was part of a duo, a duet. So this was his first solo hit. Here comes the man in black. Now I'm going to be singing that the whole episode. <laughs> now, I got to say, a lot of the voices did it, but especially Jay's voice, not being Will Smith, really was distracting me the whole episode. He sounded, he just sounded like not confident. He was just always like, and what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He sounded like he was doing a bad Will Smith impression. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, it's really, really like, it, it sounds like this may sound racist, but this sounds like a white guy trying to be a black guy. Like, he's just like, and what? No way. <laughs> So we open with uh, the classic fireman trying to get a cat out of a tree. Got to tell you, my whole life, I've never seen firemen get a cat out of a tree. I was literally going to say the same thing. My entire life, not once ever, have I ever seen a fireman getting uh, a cat out of a tree. I feel like that wouldn't be a real thing because cats know how to climb. It's a it's a TV and movie trope that goes back to probably leave it to Beaver, and I've never seen it happen ever. Yeah, I just... I feel like it's just not like an actual thing. I don't know. I've never seen it. So it's like anything else. I've never seen it. So I don't believe it to be real. I feel like it's just a thing they thought of one day. It's like uh, <laughs> that Kirby enthusiasm episode with Ricky Gervais. You know, oh, there's lots of things you never heard of that. That, that doesn't mean they're, they're all odd. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, uh, of course, J and K show up with K's flimsy excuse that they're the fire marshals. <laughs> yeah. I, I, of everybody on this, I'd say K probably sounds the most like, eh, he doesn't really sound that much like Tommy Lee Jones. He, no, but he's got that. He's trying to hit that stoic monotone, like, uh, uh no emotion. Uh, that was partly getting me a little bit like just kind of a, I don't know if I was annoyed cause I'm trying to tell myself like, no, that's kind of how that character was too in the movie, but not so much. Like there was still slight inflection in the voice of Tommy Lee Jones. Whereas this guy was literally just like, I'm just going to hit this whole tone the whole time. And every time something happens, that's how I'm going to sound. Um, they do the classic bit where, you know, of course Jay thinks the cat's the alien, but surprise the tree is the alien. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm going to be honest. That worked for me. <laughs> <laughs> When that happened, I was like, oh, all right. I didn't see that coming. You know, it tosses Jay around. It's like a giant dragon. It just seems like we did this exact same gag in the in the movie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the the, the whole with the, the alien tossing him around like the, the in the back seat when he was trying to give it birth. <laughs> yeah, they did the whole same bit where he throws him around and yeah, it's exactly. Mm -hmm. It literally copy paste. Kay nonchalantly stops the alien. He does the old classic mind wipe of uh, the fireman. Mm-hmm. What you notice in the movies and the cartoon, nobody ever just doesn't look at it. 
He'll always say, look at the red light, and everybody looks. <laughs> yeah, everyone's like, ah, oh, I'm going to look away. And I'll be like, no way, dude. <laughs> I don't know what that is. And then we went into the opening credits, which we already covered with massive disappointment that <laughs> it, it was not Men in Black. Weird opening, too. I don't know. It's just like, and then, like, people are dancing to the theme song. Yes, like some of the, like, yeah, they, like, animated. They basically watched the Men in Black video that Will Smith did and tried to recreated an animation yes that's essentially what they did uh, but typically these types of shows they would have like clips from the show like happening like when you watch spider-man like spider-man might be fighting you know doc ock or the goblin and there's like clips from different episodes uh but in here i feel like everyone's like trying to walk and talk like i don't know it's like they're trying to dance almost to the theme song and then there's like <laughs> mixtures of aliens but so we, we jump to New York City where they go to the newsstand where you get to see uh, Frank the talking pug from the movie as well. Yes. Which I thought that was, uh, that did well. I mean, that was, nothing there made me feel like it was a miss. Kay reads the Inquisitor newspaper, which is basically the Inquirer, you know, and he does the bit how this is where the real news is. Tabloids, if you will. J- tabloids, whatever they used to call it, wherever Batboy used to be. And uh, that was the World Weekly News. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, shellfish from outer space, and Jay thinks that sounds a little far-fetched, but they go to the beach to look for him, and they go into a sewer. I was about to say sewer. Sewer drain. He's still doubting it, but uh, he says that humans tend to label things they don't understand, and they're from the planet Skrull, the Skrull Skrull Danians, I think is how you said it. Mm -hmm. Does that sound right to you? I think so. It's something close to that. They're attacked by a giant one. It basically looks like a giant uh, shellfish who's uh, kind of kicking their butts. So uh, Jay pulls out that little tiny gun he had in the movie. With the cricket. Yeah, the cricket. <laughs> Noisy cricket. Ah, what a hilarious bit. <laughs> well, he tried to use Kay's gun, but he accidentally, it was like a, it wasn't like a gun. It hooked you and he accidentally shot himself in the face with it. So uh, <laughs> he tells him not to use it, but the blowback literally uh, knocks Jay right out of the sewer. Sending him into the garbage and whatever it is outside. And then people see that happen. And uh, he uh, said that uh, it shelled him like a peanut. <laughs> Don't like it. And then uh, the, Kay's latest lame excuse to the uh, bystanders, where the CPA were having a, having a clam bake. <laughs> Flashes the little thing and tells them to file their tax returns. <laughs> So he tells him he tells him before they fight before he shocks them though, which is another you're gonna remember that comment. And then in a great my favorite well, maybe my favorite line is uh when he yells at Jay for using the gun and he said, Hey, he was gonna mess up your haircut. Stupid. <laughs> I can't believe yeah. these things were written and people are like, Yeah, that'll be a great line. <laughs> and uh you find out that the thing when he shot it, it like splooged all over uh Jay's he's got all this like shellfish garbage on on top of him and yeah. he says it's no big deal, but Kay says uh it is a big deal. That's the last suit you're ever gonna wear. You are dead, you're a marked man. Jay thinks he's getting fired though. <laughs> yeah, Jay thinks they're gonna fire him, but uh basically well we'll get to that in a minute. Um they go back to the men in black headquarters where he explains that the Skrulldanians have a hive mind. So now they all know Jay. They're all out to get Jay because he killed one of their own. Mm-hmm. Which uh, Jay's great plan is, can't we just nuke their planet from Earth? Kay explains that uh, their jurisdiction is only Earth's atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting because that never did get, uh, I don't think that ever got uh, covered in the movie of you know how far the Men in Black can go. Yeah, no, they didn't. They, I don't remember. I mean, maybe it did. I'd have to go back and rewatch it now. But I don't think they actually do talk about what their jurisdiction is. The twins are going to come up with someone. You remember the twins from the movie Bob and yes, the guy who you, you had the weird name you can't say. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what it is. You first run into Zed, and I got to say, Zed looks absolutely nothing like Rip Torn whatsoever at all. This Zed no. looks like he's dead. Yeah, <laughs> he looks like a corpse. Yeah, he looks like, uh, if you probably don't know, but uh, he looks like Ed Asner if Ed Asner had more hair. Um, I need to look up Ed Asner. <laughs> yeah, he just doesn't look anything like Rip Torn at all. Okay, I know who Ed Asner is. Uh, yeah, yeah. If Ed Asner had a full head of hair. 
Everyone starts making comments how they're going to line up for uh, Jay's replacement. Everybody wants to replace Jay. Well, Jay's a dead man. Yes, he's been marked. Um, in fact, one of the uh, Skrulldanians, he actually sneaks into the Men in Black headquarters and uh, he's going to attack Jay. <laughs> yes. But uh, while there's a fight in the background, uh, hilariously, Kay is going through all the different weapons trying to decide which one to grab. That was stupid. I hated this part because... I get it. Like it, it's different. I don't know. There's something I get what they're trying to establish in this moment because that's how K was. He was just like, ah, you know, another day at the office. Let me just do my deal, blah, 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 whatever. But like these guys, you've already established. They're trying to kill him physically kill him. And you still were just like, yeah, I take my time. This is like no sense of urgency. Like you don't care if your friend just dies right now. You right? like, <laughs> He had that much confidence that Jay was going to be able to fight this thing off till he finally got his gun out. He finally decides on the ice ray and he freezes him. The twins, uh, they have a goodbye uh, Jay sign that's uh, hanging up in the headquarters. Flowers and streamers are out there for him. <laughs> yeah, I think it even said like R.I.P. 1997. <laughs> yes, it does. It does plays a little uh, like little Undertaker theme. <laughs> but uh. L tells him that, you know, the only reason everyone's taking it so lightly is that they really deep down know that Jay's not going anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just a ruse. Just a fun yeah. joke. <laughs> just a prank. Jay accidentally shoots and destroys the frozen one. Uh, and Kay says, now they're going to probably put you in the soup. <laughs> the soup. Also, every time they cut to those little roach guys, by the way. <laughs> Oh, the ones that, like, they're always in the coffee room making coffee? Yes, always drinking coffee. Uh, blew my mind that they didn't have a Mexican accent. Because in the movie, they're like, hey, Jay, what's going on? <laughs> in this one, they're like, hey, what's going on? Yeah, you, you could tell they were kind of trying to sound like that, but not quite. It was weird. Yeah, I don't understand why. I liked the accent in the movie. I don't know. It just fits their, like, their demeanor i guess uh but I, they just seem like weirdo bugs so they go to a, a a seafood restaurant where someone's getting the heimlich maneuver and you find out it's uh you know it's the little aliens the arquillians from the movie that are in the guy's face mm -hmm. he was choking as well so i guess when he chokes the robot body he's in chokes <laughs> uh he says it was, it was a prawn that must have uh you know, came up the wrong way. Yeah, went down the wrong tube. So they save him, of course. They, you know, they zap the restaurant and, you know, mind erase everyone. So apparently it only works on humans because <laughs> it doesn't erase the Arquillian's memory. Well, do you not remember the Arquillian uh, putting his little sunglasses on? <laughs> <laughs> you are right. I, I forgot all about that. He he did do that. He puts this. I, it was a memory of that episode. It just stuck in my brain because I actually thought it was adorable uh, that he had little sunglasses and that he put those on. Um, what I didn't like was shortly after this, which I'm sure we'll get to it. You know, go ahead, continue because we might get to it. And if we don't, I'll bring it up later. Well, I was going to go in the next scene is uh, Jay's on a park bench. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's saying that uh, since this is possibly. His last day on Earth. He's going to get a hot dog with the works on it. That's it. That's his last day on Earth. A hot dog. <laughs> so, hot dogs will kill you. Yeah, that's what Kay says. Those things will kill you. <laughs> He's not wrong. Also, can we talk about how many times he calls Jay kid? Yes, he does it the whole time. It's, it's, like, it's like a lot. There was a there was one scene that stuck out to me and I can't remember what it was, but he was like, "Hey kid, come on kid." Like rapidly. "Come on kid. Hey kid. Come on kid. Hey kid." I was like, "All right, enough." So, um, the vendor is one of the Skrulldarians. Him and a bunch of others are attacking uh them. They they both pull out freeze guns. They're uh, shooting them left and right. They try and escape to a car. I mean, to a car. They try and escape with their car. Mhm. Mm which Jay accidentally hits the red button. Now at this point, 
I'd finally had enough. And I was like, okay, <laughs> are we jamming every goddamn thing we can think of from the movie into this episode so we can be like, hey, remember this? This is the Men in Black cartoon. <laughs> remember this from the movie? Remember this from the movie? It does seem like they're doing a lot of association to be like, it's just like the movie. <laughs> Continue watching. Like some of it, I was like, I was kind of given a pass. I'm like, well, it kind of fits in the story and makes sense. But by the time they got to him hitting the red button again, I'm like, Jesus Christ. It's like, all right. Uh, hey, this happened in the movie. Do you remember the moose from the movie? This is based on the movie. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it feels like everything like the the button where he goes crazy and, you know, it turns into a rocket car and, you know, all that stuff. It's it's, it's I don't know. Just everything they did was literally the first episode is literally yes. just callbacks to the movie. Yeah, they have those the little roach guys. They have the twins. They have the Ar- Arquillians. They have Frank the dog. They have his little cricket gun. He has the red button in the car. <laughs> like I was expecting those gets addressed. I was expecting the roaches to show up at any minute from the <laughs> from the movie or the cat Orion, just because they did every other goddamn thing that happened in the movie. Maybe the cat in the beginning was supposed to be a callback to Orion. <laughs> So a giant Skrullderian comes out of the ground, but you find out it's actually like a ship that's shaped like them, and they all come out of it. Uh, they say something about the soup to K, because K can kind of translate what they're talking about. Which is weird, by the way. How does he just know alien language? Wouldn't different aliens have different forms of language? That would be like me being like, well, I, I know how to speak every language on this planet. So uh, he gets an idea, which we don't know what it is, but he blows his nose on a hanky and presents it to them. <laughs> and he says, now the beef's with Kay that that hanky is worse than Jay blowing up one of their own. You know what's my gripe with that? He explains, this was worse than what you did. Now, I know they all tried to kill you on Earth, but we're going to calmly walk ourselves back to this ship. Yeah. <laughs> He's just like, yeah, they don't try and kill Kay, even though what he did is worse. They're just like, hey, uh, all right, you did that. It's worse. Come on the ship. <laughs> okay, like, gonna... All right. All right. He says, uh, I'm going to go with him. He says, goodbye, partner. <laughs> you know, because he did this for Jay. Yes. This was like um, his final goodbye, like in the movie. Yeah, it was very similar to that. Except Jay wasn't, Kay wasn't going to have a happy ending like he did in the movie. Yes. So the ship takes off. You see they're going to lower him into the soup. Kay very calmly says it must be 2,000 to 3,000 degrees. But I can hold my breath. <laughs> I hated that line so much. Uh, my brain was like, what? How does that make sense? So it turns out. I get it. He's too cool for school, but like that's a little much. It turns out he was. it's not the real Kay. He did a switch with the Aquilian, and they had a. Apparently, either they had a robot K on uh, on already built, or they whipped one up quickly. <laughs> Overnight. Just always have one available. So uh, the little guy does escape, and a little his, his chair turns into a little rocket ship. He gets away. They burn up the fake K, so that makes them think that they got their revenge. And uh looks like uh, they're all right. Yeah. All of this plan was developed by the two guys, the two little guys behind the the two heads behind the computer at MIB headquarters. They always come up with something. Yeah, those are the the twins. They're there. That's what they're there for. Yeah. And he says the the Jay that with a little wax, uh, the twins will be able to make his car look like new, even though Jay crashed it. Yeah. But since they're gonna make it new, K says, "Kid, means I can't let you drive it." <laughs> and there you have Men in Black. The long goodbye syndrome. All right. So what I'm going to address, which we didn't, <laughs> he explains that that flash thing, because Jay goes, why don't we just wipe their brains? Why don't we just flash them, wipe uh, their brains and make them forget anything? I, that's right. I know where you're going with this now. I forgot all about that. And he says, this is only programmed for humans. It wouldn't wipe the brain of an alien. But then later on. That little Archelian guy is like, got to put my sunglasses on. Don't want to get my brain wiped, <laughs> which makes the story consistent. Yeah, it does make it a little strange that it didn't. He had his protective sunglasses, but it says it doesn't work on 
Aliens. Maybe maybe he meant these particular aliens. Maybe ah okay yeah oh well, you know dialogue helps but it does make you wonder. Do the Men in Black do are other alien races allowed to know the existence of Earthlings? Because the whole premise is we're keeping aliens a secret from everybody on Earth. So do these other alien races? Do we keep it a secret to them that Earthlings are around, or is that just just us? I, I, news to me. <laughs> a little bit of an inconsistent story. We're going to get into a full review in a minute. It was definitely, I'm always fascinated by these cartoons that are, are based on a movie or a toy line. Cause it's not like, you know, doing Dracula or Superman where you're basing it on somebody who never existed. Like you're essentially basing this on Tommy Lee Jones and Will Smith and, and the movie. So it's, it always weirds me out to a slight extent when you're doing it based on real people. Yeah. Yeah. On that note, we're going to go right over to our spectrometer. Anyone new to the show, spectrometer, we rank what we just saw. Zero spectros being garbage, four spectros being absolute perfection. Julian, how many spectros are you going to give Men in Black the long goodbye syndrome? Uh, would you say one to five? One to four. Four is... Four is perfection. One is absolute garbage. Hmm. Uh, one being garbage. All right. I'm honestly, I'm gonna go with a two. The the, the shows. It's I. I'm sure the other episodes aren't as. Hey, remember the movie? I, I'm sure they're not just a bunch of rehashes of the movie. I'm sure like once they've established in episode one that this is based on the movie. All of it is basically copy paste. Well, not copy paste, but like they just, they're basically trying to do association. You remember this is the movie, same as cartoon continue watching our series, uh, which is, I understand, but, um, the animation's not bad. I actually kind of like the animation. It does remind me that I feel like there was a lot of like that style animation back when I was a kid, back in the nineties, almost everything on WB and, uh, stuff like that had that animation style. And it reminds me of all the cartoons I grew up with. So I, I like the animation, uh, but the, the characters, I got annoyed with them fairly quickly, fairly quickly. The stories, I guess I have to suspend reality and remember that these are kids. And like when kids watch this stuff, like not everything has to make sense because they're not going to dive in as deep as we did. But story wise, a lot of inconsistencies, but uh, the characters the most are what annoy me. I don't like that Kay is just a monotone, too cool for school guy, because he is that in the movie, but this guy literally lacks inflection the whole way. He's just one tone. There's never a worry. Even uh, too cool for school, there's never, there's nothing to him. There's nothing to him. And then Jay just sounds like a really bad impression, and he just comes across as completely idiotic. Like, just, just. He doesn't even come across as confident, just complete dumb uh, moron. So uh, it's going to be a two for me. All right. Um, I'm going to go at two as well, because as much as I complained about some of it, I just found it very middle of the road. Like it's not offensive. It's not offensively bad, but it wasn't like overwhelmingly good either. It was just kind of there. It was, it, it was, it was okay. Like that's, that's what I would say about it. It was, it was, it was all right. Like if you missed it, you wouldn't be upset that you missed it. It's not like you're missing anything. And if you see it, you're like, ah, I don't hate myself for watching it, but I don't know. I know what you mean. Like, it's just like, eh, it just falls. It falls into the middle of everything else. It could get lost in the shuffle. Yeah. Like, um, like a couple weeks ago, I, I would did, I did an episode on one punch man, which I had never seen. I loved it. And I've watched four episodes since then. I have no desire to, I could go the rest of my life never watching another Men in Black cartoon. And I, I, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't bother me. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, at the same time, I, if my daughter turned it on, I'd watch it. And I'd say, oh, that, that's, that's okay. Yeah, I guess if like someone turned it on and it was on, like I wouldn't, it's not something I would turn off and I'd be like, no, don't watch this or anything. Or just be like this just shows like I don't know. It's like it's like what you just said. Like I could sit through it, but I wouldn't choose to ever turn it on. Yeah, that's yeah, kind of the way I look at like my only real complaints was after a while it uh got annoying with how many nods to the movie we're gonna do and both their voices, but particularly Jay's voice just really kind of was very distracting to me. He just 
Just what it wasn't Will Smith. It's so bad. Yeah. It's so bad. It's just a really bad impression. Also, because this is primarily a comic book podcast, how relatable like if you had to compare it to the comic in the uh the movie, how relatable was it to the comic? Well, the movie is a lot lighthearted compared to the comic. The comic's a lot darker than the movie was. It's not as comical. They also deal with the paranormal and stuff. They're not limited to just extraterrestrials. Okay. So the movie's kind of loosely based in the comic. Uh, I, if you haven't seen the cartoon, I'd say the cartoon's definitely faithful to the, the movie. Like the cartoon definitely doesn't take much liberty with the film. But yeah, the comic is is not as lighthearted. The comic is also isn't limited to extraterrestrials. Uh, it's a little bit darker. If the oh really? So the the comics are a little darker. Yeah, it's not as as comically based as the, the film and cartoon are. Really? Is it like when you say darker? Is there like inappropriateness to it? When I say inappropriate, like it'd be no. It's, it's just a little bit more serious tone. It's not as jokey. I haven't read a whole. I haven't read the whole series, so I don't. I, I don't want to speak too much and be wrong because, you know, I'm not like a guy who, if I had read every issue, I, I'd be able to give you a better answer. But yeah, I haven't read the entire series. So if you've read the entire series out there and you want to elaborate to Julian uh, how accurate you find the movie or cartoon, definitely uh, go to our social media and let one of us know. Yeah, please. Uh, you guys can tag me in it, but please make sure you obviously tag post it when we post the when this posts on uh twitter or facebook just you know place your comments because i honestly would like to know i want to know if uh how like how closely related the cartoon is to the comic book and honestly the movie too because like i said i till today this very moment uh i didn't know this was related to a comic book i just assume it was a hollywood idea that came up and i was like oh that's a great idea but what did you think out there? Did you like Men in Black uh, more than Julian and I? Did you like it less? That's okay. If you if you did, go to our social media and let me know what you thought about it. If a child in 2022 watched the Men in Black cartoon, what do you think? You gonna like it? Uh, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> you don't think so? No, I, I really don't. I, I just I, I just don't. I don't have high hopes for anything that come out of there now. Uh, because I, I just, I don't know. I feel like everyone's lost their way. Well, I, yeah, I don't, I don't think kids going to be all that blown away by it. They might catch their interest, but, uh, kids today, I don't even know. Uh, they, I, I don't think they even know who Will Smith is, let alone, uh, the men in black. Exactly my point. And like, what I'm saying is like, I just feel like anything in like animation, Hollywood, all that stuff. I just feel like a lot of stuff has lost their way. A lot of it could be because I'm not exposed to it. So I don't see a lot of it, but I, I don't know. I just feel like everything has an agenda now. And I feel like everything's just catered to a purpose more than just entertainment. So I don't know. I don't feel like they're going to hammer on how do we entertain kids. I feel like they're going to hammer on the same stuff that a lot of cartoons do now, which is how do I send a message? Whatever that message may be, how do I send a message? Instead of just like, let's just make these kids laugh and have fun and think this is funny and goofy and enjoy themselves. But as always, I'm all about different opinions. Always like to hear. Not me. I'll cancel you. <laughs> <laughs> if you have a different opinion than me, I'll go on Twitter and make sure you're canceled. <laughs> So uh, you can go to my Twitter. You can find me at Max Spectro. Tell me what you thought. Uh, follow me while you're there. I appreciate it. Uh, and you give me you can give me your opinion on anything, uh, comic or animation related as well. Plus, go to my Facebook, Matt Spectro through the Multiverse, and let me know there as well. Uh, Julian, uh, usually it's a uh, free plug time. You got anything going on you want to plug? Uh, no. <laughs> it's I. Stopped. I mean, I have a, a Twitch, which I haven't streamed in, in months since I got my new job, but I am uh, J underscore star underscore one on Twitch. I'm sure at some point I'm going to try and get that going again. I do miss streaming. I just, I, my schedule is so filled. My life is so filled. I don't, I don't know where I would ever find time, but if you would like to go by and, and, you know, drop a follow, it won't hurt you because you won't ever see me. But if you do see me, you'll at least get a notification I'm streaming. Then you can tune in because maybe it'll be a start of a new journey. Uh, you can follow me on Facebook. Uh, it's J, just look up JSTAR1 uh, or Julian Star. One of the two. Literally go to Google, type in Julian Star. You'll find me everywhere. I'm very famous. <laughs> Is that a fact? <laughs> it's a, well, if Google pulls me up as a result, I take that as a fact. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, I want to thank you uh, for joining us once again. I appreciate you having me, my man. I, I miss our I miss our time together. We used to spend a lot of time together because we work together, we podcast together, we and you and I share a lot of views and opinions and uh, see life kind of in the same light. So I miss our time together. Once the summer's over, I'm going to be a little bit more available. Summer is like my craziest time of the year. All right. And then I'll, I'll be sure to let you know I don't like leaving the house. So if you come up with any plans. <laughs> you want uh, you want the opportunity to turn me down to hang out. <laughs> yes, I need, I need to know that uh, you care enough to invite me so that I can be like, sorry, I'm busy. Uh, i got other things going on. <laughs> Well, I want to thank everybody for listening. And uh, if you could always uh, subscribe my podcast, I really appreciate it. If you're a comic fan or a podcaster who'd like to come on, hit me up on Twitter or Facebook. I have a guest every week, so I'm always looking for new people. And I'm very open-minded on uh, whatever your opinion is that you want to bring to the show. Julian, maybe uh, I'd say uh, bring you back maybe for one of our Christmas episodes, but uh, you hate you hate holidays. Uh, I do. I I could do without them. I probably appreciate them a little more now that I have an actual family to celebrate them with. Uh, I stopped celebrating holidays with my family when I was like 13. So uh, it just holidays always seemed like a uh, social construct that we created to either buy gifts or over. I don't know. Just do it's just a social construct that I didn't uh, enjoy. But uh, I do like seeing my stepdaughter happy when I get her gifts. I do like seeing my wife happy when she gets gifts. Um, I like seeing my my stepdaughter happy when she gets to you know she loves Halloween so uh, there there's a love for hol- for holidays again because of them um, but if I was a single male I, yeah I'd skip them all together but uh, if you wanna if you wanna bring me on for around Christmas you're my buddy you're my best friend so I'm definitely gonna go on uh, so you're saying that the department stores have uh, cooked up this holiday is what you're saying yes that's true all right it's gonna wrap it up for this week's folks thank you for joining us. Thank Julian for being here, and we'll see you all again next week for another episode of Matt Spectro Through the Multiverse.